Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 298. So you've been sitting in that chair wrong for 20 minutes to an hour. That is a short duration thing that can become a trauma disorder. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue, and thanks for spending time with me on the last podcast of 2020. Woohoo! Let's close those books on this one and move into a fresh start for 2021. I know this new year will bring much-needed change and restoration in our lives. Cheers to that! Michael and I usually go to a friend's house with a bunch of people from our running club on New Year's. We've been doing this for, oh my gosh, probably almost 20 years at this point. But not this year. At these parties, we're usually so busy talking, drinking, eating, and playing games. We rarely see much of the New Year's specials, which kind of disappoints me, to be quite honest, like the ball dropping in Times Square and the anticipation of the countdown. So I'm actually looking forward to being able to watch it at home this New Year's Eve. Just a different change of plans for this year only. I bet your plans are a little bit different this year, too. You know what? That's okay. Let's embrace this, make it special and festive, even with its limitations. You know, it's all about how you think about it. Let's move on to today and the show we have, shall we? I always take these shows of Christmas and New Year's week and try to do something a little bit different. If you haven't listened to last week's show yet, go back and listen after this. It's a really great one. A crafter holiday Christmas story. Read by Heidi Swain, a Simon & Schuster best-selling author herself. For the kickoff of 2021, I want to ease back into business, but keep the comfort of the holidays. What better way to do that and set the stage for a fabulous 2021 than by getting your workspace and the way you move within that space to be comfortable and healthy for your body? Is your chair set at the right height? What about your keyboard positioning? And if you're standing up for a good portion of the day, maybe decorating cupcakes or cutting and staining wood, are you standing properly? Now, you may be like, Sue, this really isn't that important. Well, respectfully, I have to differ. You'll understand this too after listening to what Dr. Joella has to say. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Joella Castillo. Dr. Joella is a sports chiropractor and an injury prevention specialist. She has over 27 years of experience treating people with acute and chronic pain due to soft tissue injuries. She's trained and evaluated hundreds, if not thousands, of people in different industries to create environments that fit them and keep them injury-free. Now she brings her expertise to the online world and works with home-based businesses and entrepreneurs to turn their area of their home or apartment into customized ergonomic workspace that allows them to be productive, in comfort, and create joy in their life. Dr. Joella, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you so much, Sue. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to talk to your audience. I am thrilled that you're here too, and you are kicking off 2021 for us. How about that? Yay! Happy 2021! (laughs) Amen! We've been waiting for this time. (laughs) I believe in this moment, but yes, I totally believe in going forward positively. Absolutely. Agreed. For some reason, that turn of the calendar mentally does something for us. It's like a new slate, even though they're just more days, but it feels like just a brand new slate. And I'm going with that. Sounds really good. Sounds exciting. We're all ready for it. Absolutely. 
So to kick it off, let's do what has become a tradition here on the show, and that is to have you describe yourself through a motivational candle. So if you were to share with us by color and also like a quote, what would your motivational candle look like? My motivational candle would be one of those long candles. Oh, like a taper. I don't know. Is that what it's called? I think so. It's a long candle. It's like a yellow off-white color. It has gold writing and it says, be curious and create your joy in life. And tell me a little bit more about that. I believe that we always have to find new things, think new things, be exposed to new things. We always have to keep our minds plastic. And I also believe in joy in life because that's what my grandmother used to say to me. I was one of the few people who really dreamed about creating something, and I didn't even think of it as a dream at the time. The minute I told my grandmother I was going to be a doctor, I was in high school. She used to call me the doctor. That was it. And here comes the doctor. Here comes the doctor. And she always used to try to encourage me to be joyous, to share my joy, because there were a lot of things that happened in my life. And she always wanted to point out the goodness, the joy. And so it's so important to me. And I think everybody has that beautiful light inside that needs to come out. Absolutely. Create the joy in life. Yeah, you have to find what it is that makes you joyful, too. Exactly. And I'd say it changes over time as well. Yes. What brought you joy at one point in your life? maybe need something else that brings you additional joy or different joy at another point in your life. That's why it says be curious and continue to create your joy in life because you have to go with that and still continue that way because I hate boredom. Boredom, it's not a part of my life. I can taste boredom and I haven't tasted <laughs> it in a long time, let me tell you. But that's how sensitive I am to it. So I believe in just pursuing what my heart tells me. Of course, for the hobbies, but also when you do your real work, I think it can be quite joyous. Well, you hope that it will be, right? Like you hear about these stories of people who have been working for somebody else, let's say, and all they're doing is watching the clock, like three more hours, and then I finally get to get, go home. And that's so sad because think of all this time in their life that they are not getting pleasure out of the hours that they're living. It's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. And that's why I say it's not my motto. I find jobs, even if they're jobs that are for something else, it has to be a job that has something for me. Like I used to work as a waitress because I put myself through school and I walked into this restaurant and it, there was water everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going to work here because <laughs> I never looked at the clock. I had the ocean everywhere. It was beautiful. Oh, so just the environment that you were in just brought you so much pleasure that the work was in addition to that, but it was the environment that you loved so much. Yes. And I don't see any shame in working for other people. I mean, we have a lot of people listening right now who have full-time jobs and they're looking at starting a business from a craft they have, let's say, mm -hmm. and they're going to do it on the side. And maybe they're always only going to do it on the side because they like the security of a full-time job working for someone else. All of that's good. Because it goes back to what's your joy. It's not what other people say your joy should be. It's your joy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nobody can tell you what your joy is. I have to tell you, Dr. Joella, I wish I would have known you about 10 or 15 years ago because talking about being a sports chiropractor, <laughs> my son, snowboarder, skateboarder, surfer, my daughter, soccer goalie. Of course, she couldn't just be on the field. She had to be the goalie. Then she went and played football, only girl on a boys team, then played basketball in college. The emergency room always saw us. They didn't even need to ask who we are. They could just pull up our records. <laughs> but they're good now. Maybe we all suffer from some of our prior sports injuries. I don't know. But boy, I would have been calling you. We would have been on a first name basis already. <laughs> back then. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> I know. A lot of people say that. And I did work with a lot of teens in college. I worked with Olympians from the ski team, soon to be. <laughs> I don't know that they made it, but I worked with them at that level. I worked with amateur tennis players from the college. So yes, I know everything you're talking about. And it was delightful. And yes, they all learned how to ice. <laughs> that is the biggest thing. Oh my gosh. Totally for sure. My daughter actually, when she got out of college for a little while, was a trainer for the combine. So when the football players, the NFL players were going to be trying out for their teams, she was training them. And along with that, of course, came a lot of how to do everything that she was teaching them properly with the right form and all of that. Yes. We could talk about that forever, but we should probably get on to what we should be talking about here. 
And specifically, I mentioned that I wanted to have you on so that we can reframe 2021 being healthier in our workspaces as well. I think a lot of us, particularly because we've jerry-rigged some workspaces now too, because we've had to retrofit into what 2020 brought us, we may have started developing some habits that aren't the best for us as we're working. So I'd love to dive into workspaces specifically and talk about if you had like a blank slate for an office, what are the things that we should be putting in there and how should we be recognizing if we're setting up our space properly from the ergonomic point of view? Great question. First of all, it all comes back to the person, to the individual. So I see all these beautiful pictures of workspaces. They have the beautiful desk and they have the beautiful plant and the beautiful window right in front of the desk, which is not so good, by the way, because there's a glare. It should be angled 90 degrees away from the window. <laughs> Ooh, tip right out of the chute there. <laughs> right out of the chute. Yes. Yeah. No waste of words here. The reason I'm making a point, though, is we get these pictures and what happens is the person isn't in the picture. So it looks really good, but it doesn't mean anything. We don't know if that's an ergonomic workstation. You could even have the right ergonomic mouse, the right ergonomic setup. But if it doesn't fit you, it's not an ergonomic setup for you. Are you saying that different people might need their offices set up differently based on individual preferences or body situations that they have? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Most desks are at 29 inches. Nobody has to memorize this, but okay, I am five foot, almost two. Somebody else could be five foot 10. Somebody else could be six foot. Guess what? The same chair height isn't going to work for all three of us. But we can raise and lower the chairs, Dr. Joella. Yes, yes, we can. But guess what happens? What? People don't do that. Oh. And people don't raise and lower their chair. They often have the chair at the wrong height for their height. So if you raise the chair and you're a shorter stature person, shorter height person, you need a footrest under your feet because your feet have to be flat on the ground or the floor or a surface. You see, they shouldn't be dangling because of circulation. Every single reason why you set up your desk situation a certain way is so your body can be in the best position for your health. And then as a result, it will have an effect on your productivity, your efficiency, your health now and your health in the future. So you do see a correlation when you work with people to set up their offices properly. You see a correlation in the results they had beforehand and then the results they have after? Correct. They're usually, they give me this feels right. Well, it kind of makes sense because if you're comfortable, you're not going to be focused on how your back is hurting or you have no more blood flow in your legs. You can be focusing on what you're trying to do, the task at hand. Correct. I love what you just said, the blood flow in your legs. You know that a lot of people don't even understand that the reason it's bad is because their chair is probably not the right size, the actual seat of the chair. So it could be pressing against the back of their legs. There should be two to three finger distance between the back of the lower leg and the chair seat. Okay, wait. Let's back up because you've just told us a bunch of good stuff about a chair. Okay. First, tell me again about the desk. The desk should be not in front of a window. It should be 45 degrees from a window, angled. Did I say 45 degrees? I think I said 90. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. 90 degrees. Okay. You should be perpendicular. The window should shine from the side. I know this is when you're filming people like a window in front of them if you're taking a video. But if you're working on your computer and your computer monitor or your laptop is right in front of the window, the difference between the glare from the window to your monitor affects your eyes. Unless you're going to close those drapes and then you're not going to have that beautiful view. So it's eye strain then? Yes. What if you flipped your desk so the window was behind you? That's probably equally bad. It, depending if it glares because you can also put a shield on it on your desktop for the glare. But it really depends. So it's better to have like a 90 degree or an angle. But you have to be lined up to it too. So a lot of people will put their monitor off to the side and then they'll kind of twist. They'll be facing the window, but twist. No twisting. No twisting. You have to be lined up to whatever you're looking at. Like if I was talking to you, I would be facing you straight on. I wouldn't be off to the side and looking at you sideways. I would be facing you unless there was a reason I'd have to do that. The reason twisting affects the lower back, twisting affects your neck, 
twisting can affect how your wrist is positioned. Do you see? No twisting. No twisting. Okay, so we're setting up the perfect room here. So it's at a 90 degree angle from a window. If you have a window. Some people are in offices that don't even have a window. If you have a window. If you don't, you don't have a problem with glare. It's not a problem. I wanted to make that clear that depending on your size, everybody's different. You wouldn't take a dress off the rack without looking at the size and making and trying it on. Your desk situation is really the same thing. We start with the chair and we make sure your feet are flat on the floor. And if not, if you have to raise the chair up to meet your desk, then you want to have a foot rest. Okay, wait, stop for a second. I have another question. Feet flat on the floor. And how are your knees then angled at 90 degrees? Because you know how your feet can be flat on the floor, but you're overextended with your knees? I do. Like if the chair is too small. So I'm thinking it should be, well, you tell me, should it be 90 or less than that? It could be 90 or more. 90 or more. Okay. So Sue, what I think would be most helpful for your listeners is maybe we cover some highlights of the desk situation. First of all, the chair. And I'm going to give you some specifics, but I can't give you every single thing because there's more to talk about. But it's really important that your feet are flat on the floor when you adjust the chair height. So no matter how tall or short you are, you know that that's the basic principle. Okay. And the next thing is you don't want your knees higher than your tush when you're sitting in any chair, whether it's an office chair, the couch, a dining room chair. Anywhere. Yes, anywhere. What does it do to you when your knees are higher than? It puts all the pressure on the low back. And that's why when people go to get out of that chair, they feel really stiff in their low back because that's where all the pressure went. You want your knees at 90 or just a little below 90. So it's called an open hip angle. You don't want all the pressure there. But I'm just going to add here, this is one of the three things, but I'm going to say it here because it's so important. You're not supposed to sit for long, long periods of time, hours. You're supposed to take breaks. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) I know. You can set your phone. People who study habits of successful people, they all talk about taking breaks. Everybody talks about it. Whether you do it through the Pomodoro, technique or you do it like I'm going to recommend and somebody else says 50 minutes, I say 30 minutes. And when I say take a break, I don't mean that you have to like go away, go for a walk for two miles. No, you just have to get up. You have to, you know, maybe walk to the printer or go get a glass of water. You have to move your body. So I say 30 minutes. The ergonomists who've done research on it say every 20 minutes, get up, change positions from sitting to standing, walk for two minutes. You can stand for eight minutes. So you're supposed to have like 16 to 17 transitions a day at least. So circulation is so important. That's what that's about. This isn't just have good posture just to look good. No, it's for the body Mm -hmm. so that you're flowing, so that you're not putting pressure on anything. So yes, if your tush is lower than your knees, you're putting all the pressure on your low back. Okay, so feet on floor, which means the balls of your feet and the heels of your feet. Flat feet, yes. Flat feet and your knees 90 degrees or greater. Right. Not where they're above, because some people confuse this, not where they're up higher than your tush. They want to be just a little lower, okay? At 90, even with your tush or a little lower. Okay, so these are the guidelines when we have chairs that can go up and down. Yes. These are the guidelines for us with that. Yes. If you don't have that, if you have a couch, and people have a lot of really low couches, that's the beauty of having pillows. You can put a pillow on that couch, and that's going to elevate the tush, right? Because if your tush is lower than your knees, when you go to get out of that couch, that's the other thing. Not only are you sitting, putting pressure on your low back on a regular basis, but you're also, when you go to get up, you're really putting pressure on that low back. You don't get to use your legs for that. You're using your back to come out of that. So that's why you want to be at 90 degrees on any chair. That makes so much sense, and especially now, because I'm quite sure since we are working at home so much, you know, it's very tempting to just, you know, bring some of your work into the family room while you're watching a show because it's something mindless that you could be doing. And I'm quite sure that most of us aren't following this rule. No, we're not. And that's why there's been a 30 to 40% increase in discomfort and problems since we've been staying home more. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. 
And they're just starting to do the research on that. I was in a professional webinar on this. And no, they're seeing problems. And the thing is, we're talking about the kind of problems are called cumulative trauma disorders. Cumulative. It happens over time. And these are short things you do. So you've been sitting in that chair wrong for 20 minutes to an hour. That is a short duration thing that can become a trauma disorder. That can start affecting your back. Maybe not that first time, but if you're starting to feel stiff when you come out of that chair, it's in the wrong position, you haven't moved enough, or you need to stretch. Yeah, I think that's so important right now because when we all started recreating how we were going to do our businesses, maybe you even work for someone else and now you're home, you're still doing your job, but you're doing it from home. We kind of jerry-rigged what we needed to put together and what our workspace would look like. And I don't think any of us really thought that almost coming on to a year now, Mm -hmm. we're still doing this. So we probably put something together and I'm saying the full we, (laughs) you know, it's kind Mm -hmm. of general, Mm -hmm. but the full we, we kind of just threw something together and have never Mm -hmm. gone back and re-looked at it and said, okay, is this really what I should be doing for medium long term? To your point that you only have to do this for a little while to then see problems later. Correct. So this is so, so helpful. This is why I'm so passionate about it, because people don't know that if they continue to do it wrong, they're going to start developing problems. And sometimes when they develop the problem, they don't get the correlation that it's due to the way they're doing their work. They're like, oh, this is starting to bother me, but they don't put it together. So I'm going to give you number two thing that I think is super important. And that is Even if it's a laptop or if you're using a desktop with a mouse and a keyboard, quite often people overreach for their keyboard and mouse or their laptop. And when you overreach, what do I mean by overreaching? If you just dropped your arms to the side and kept your arms in contact with your rib cage and then bend at the elbows to 90 degrees, okay, that is where your keyboard and mouse should be or your laptop. Uh Uh-oh, that's me. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. See what I mean? Where your fingers start to move, you don't move them away from your body. When you brought them up to 90 degrees, that is where your laptop, your keyboard, your mouse should have been, should be placed. I am guilty of so many of these. I'm guilty of some half twisting because, you know, where I have, well, my home office, I have my laptop farther away for when I'm doing Facebook Lives Mm -hmm. and I just leave it there Mm -hmm. and I'm like Mm -hmm. a little bit twisted, not 90 degrees, but like maybe 30 degrees. And it's way farther out on my desk because then you're not like up in my face. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's really not good. So what is going on there? What do I want to point out? Because this goes with lifting groceries too, lifting a baby, any kind of lift. That's where your strength is when you have that distance from the elbow to the fingertips. When you start to reach, like you just said, you're using your shoulder. Yep. You keep using your shoulder. Guess what starts happening? Your shoulder starts getting sore. You go and do something totally different and you hurt your shoulder and you think that's what happened. No, that's why it's called cumulative trauma, repetitive stress injury. The event, I mean, of course, if you're a football player and you get hit in the shoulder, yes. But if you've been doing this behavior, when you're overreaching like that, you're putting your shoulder at risk. Your muscles are getting tighter. A tight muscle injures faster than a relaxed muscle. So now you've got it at risk. You go to lift those groceries or reach in the back of your car or something and you hurt your shoulder and you think that's what did it. No, it's because you already had it in a weak state. Light bulbs are going on for a million people right now. I love it. That's my passion. That's what I want. The trick about the overreaching is your elbows should be at your sides comfortably. Yes. And then I'm thinking your hands also at a comfortable level, like the desk can't be too high. Correct. That's why we talked about the chair to the desk, but it can only give you so much, but yes. All right. This is making sense. Wonderful. Okay. So we've got the chair height and feet and all of that. We've got the overreaching. So my third tip, because there are a lot more, but you know, how much time do we have? But And I will give you some other tips when it comes to actual work surfaces. And I squeeze that one in. You do have to take breaks. Promise me you'll take breaks. Promise me you'll set a timer. And you can do toe taps at your desk. So you that could be part of your break. Toe taps, you elevate the foot towards the shin. 
and you relax your knees. Okay, this is like the bonus tip that is filtered in. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the one I was going to talk about. I tell you, I, I can't hold back, but... It's okay. You can give us all your goodness, Dr. Joella, for the time <laughs> allotment that we have. Because we're also going to get into specifically for people who like are making products too, because that's, we're just right now on the office part. So I know we can't cover everything. I get that part. I'm curious about number three. I have no idea what this is going to be. I'm a little nervous though, because I'm already guilty on one and two. <laughs> but you know what? Now you have the knowledge. Now you have the knowledge. And that's the most beautiful thing is to become aware, right? To be curious. That's why be curious is so important to me. Number three is... And I'm going to refer to the laptop, but it's with the desktop too, is you don't want to be looking down at your monitor, at your screen, at your tablet, at your phone. You don't want to be looking down, dropping your head. So I'm going to give you a little bit more about number three. So I want you to put your laptop on a stand and have a separate keyboard and mouse for it. Then you can do the 90 degrees and have the distance to your fingertips, right? And... Where do you want the laptop, the top of it to be? You want it to be about eye level. I say about because for some people, they don't really look at the top. So the rule is you don't want to be dropping your head. Well, first of all, where should your head be? Your head should be aligned to your shoulder, your ear aligned to your shoulder. That's where your head's supposed to be. Think about it when you look at your phone. Yeah. So let's do the computer first and then the phone because I get to be only half guilty with number three. Oh, good. Yay. I think what you're saying with the computer is that the screen that you're looking at should be viewable when your head is in alignment with your spine and you're looking straight forward. Yes. And you use your natural eye gaze, which is about 10 to 15 degrees to look at your screen. That makes sense. Yes. So that's why a lot of people have laptops and unfortunately they don't open wide enough to give them that neutrality. And this is the biggest thing that's happening with people out there during these times. They're using their laptop and their laptop is not at the right height. So they're dropping their head. Yes. So that's why you usually need a stand. That's why I do go over making every workspace in your house work. Once you know the principles, if you know you're not supposed to drop your head, guess what? You can go to your couch and you could put a pillow under your laptop to have it higher. You don't have to put a stand there. Okay, I get it. I want to work at my couch right now. Okay, put a pillow on your lap and then put your laptop there. And I know it's not enough circulation. There are stands that you can buy, but you know, people don't want to buy every single thing, right? You're not going to be at the couch for long. If you're going to go to the dining room table, you know the rule. Your head's supposed to be neutral. Make it work. People use books. People use boxes. They stand at the counter. They use books. Yes, absolutely. So I'm just thinking as you're saying this, you must go through and view people in the world and see what they're doing and be like, oh, no, look what she's doing. And then, oh, no, look at that. <laughs> you just must go through life like that all the time because you know and we don't. I do. <laughs> it's very painful. I feel so sorry for you, Dr. Joella. <laughs> so, you know, it's really funny. I can't believe you brought this up. I live in a Victorian in San Francisco. The houses are really close together. So there's a twin house next to me. They look into my kitchen and I look into their kitchen and dining room. And every day I have to see somebody sitting at their dining room table wrong, working. And I don't know them well enough to tell them, you know, you're doing that. And this person even hurt their wrist in the past. I want to go over there. Can I tell you something? But it's like, I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> This is so terrible. The irony, right? You know what? You need to somehow make them listen to this podcast and then they'll hear it and they'll be like, oh, it's me. The only reason I mention it is, is because they're not going to. <laughs> I'm washing my dishes going, how can this be? And if I close the shades, it'll be too dark. Yeah. You know, sometimes knowledge <laughs> is power and sometimes knowledge. A curse. Is stressful. I don't know. I guess. I mean, we'll do things that we know aren't right, but we still do them. So, and our goal here is to at least have people knowing so that they know how to do better. And this next one that we're going to talk about, because I think this is under number three, I know it is, as a matter of fact, is the phone. Yeah. I'm so guilty of this. And I've heard this before and I haven't done it. I think I might have actually heard it before from you because I've seen that Gary V clip before, oh. before I even had you on this show. 
Oh, really? Yes. I don't know where I saw it. I do follow Gary Vee from time to time. Like I take a little bit of him Mm -hmm. and then I have to take Mm. a break and then I go back, (laughs) like back and forth, right? Mm. Yeah, I get it. So if you guys want to know, Gift Biz listeners, what I'm talking about, jump over to Dr. Joella's website and you'll see there's a clip there. She's telling Gary Vee how to use his phone properly. And guess what? Now, will you tell us how to use our phone properly? Okay, guess what? It's been 20 minutes. Stand up, move around a little bit because we all now know every 20 minutes we should get up from our chairs and get moving and then come back after this quick break and we'll learn how to use our phones properly. Yes, it's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization with a creatively spelled name or fine packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two? Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com. So the phone, I actually told Gary about it and I did do a YouTube video on this. Get relief in your neck and shoulders from Tech Neck. Remember I told you about the ear being aligned to the shoulder. Mm -hmm. That is the way you're supposed to hold your head over your shoulders. When you go off that alignment just by 15 degrees. Do you know how much 15 degrees is? It's not much. It's not much. You've increased the load on your neck and shoulders. Your head weighs about 13 pounds. When you go off of that, just by 15 degrees, you've increased the load on your neck and shoulders to 35 pounds of pressure. Okay? Okay. So you go to 45 degrees, which people hold their heads when they're looking at their phone somewhere between 45 and 60 degrees. 45 pounds to 60 pounds of pressure across the neck and shoulders. My mouth is wide open over here. Yes. I know. I do it all the time. And I'm thinking it's not just bad physically. I would imagine that's a stress factor too. Yes. Because what's there? Your vessels, your blood supply, your nerves. That's why I made a video on it. Because you have five nerves that are essential to your arm, your hand, your shoulder that you are literally cutting off. They're right there at your collarbone passing through. So when you drop your head, you're actually cutting those nerves of the supply to some degree, you're cutting into that circulation. And that's also the circulation to the head. For brain power. Yes. People hear me talk about posture. Oh, yeah, posture, posture, you know. uh." No. (laughs) I have patients who've had these problems. I've had people who've had to have surgery, not as many, because I've been able to intercept and help them. The people who've had numbness, tingling, that's what I mean. These are symptoms of these situations. They could be symptoms of something else. That's why I always recommend people go see a healthcare practitioner. Right. But yes, serious consequences. Cumulative trauma disorder is not a little thing. I hear people say it all. Oh, I have some carpal tunnel. I just had some carpal tunnel. Like it's a cold. No, that means that they're wearing down their joints. When you wear down your joints, you can't reverse it. You can change how much pressure you put on it. You can limit to where it got to. But right now we can't reverse it per se, unless you can get stem cell therapy. And you know how much that costs. So why? I have a question for you and I'm going to ask this first, but then we need to get to for sure proper positioning and usage of your phone. Okay. But before we do that, do you see people that you are training that over time it becomes second nature to them instead of always having to think about it. They just reposition. At first, consciously, you have to think about it all the time. I know I'm going to, with the phone, after we're done with this interview, I'm going to be better. But then it'll get to be something that just I don't even think about and I'll do it properly. Yes, if you have that mindset. If you work at it, you consciously work at it. Yes, I love the book Atomic Habits. Okay. But it broke my heart reading it. I don't know, it's by James Clear. 
he's talking about how we create our habits and he's trying to show people how to create new habits. And I'm reading this book going, this is cumulative trauma disorder. This is how we create our bad habits. We make it so easy for ourselves. Like it's very easy for you to sit at your desk and reach for that laptop. Now you have to change it and make it easy for you to do it properly. Right. But once we position our laptop in the correct manner and leave it that way, or after we take it, when we come back, it's all set up properly. We don't have to think about that anymore. Correct. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. That's why I said, if you're really willing to do that, yes, now you're creating a new habit of doing it correctly. Got it. Okay. Talk to us about the phone. Did I totally answer your question, though? I think I kind of went off. Nope, you did. Because what I wanted to know is it doesn't always have to be hard. If we do some of this self-correction, at some point, it will start to become a habit that we don't need to always be thinking about. It'll be so smooth, just like right now, all our bad habits are so smooth. Yes. And I love what you just said, because didn't I just make it easy for you to know where your keyboard and mouse should be? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, this can be totally easy. You just need to know it and people don't know it. Right. That's my gift. I love it. Well, and the setup. Yeah. So now I'm expecting everybody who's listening to go analyze their workspace and we're still only at the desk. (laughs) Can you believe it? We're still only at the desk. But where is your monitor? Where is your laptop? How is your chair? And like the phone, this is going to blow everybody's mind. So let's get to the phone. Okay, I'm going to give you what you want right there. But you just talked about the desktop, you can get a stand for your phone to be angled up, everything should be angled up. So you don't have to drop your head. Okay, so you can get a stand for your phone, it doesn't have to be flat on the surface. So that will help with that. But when you're actually holding your phone, because that's what happens, right? Remember, I told you about dropping your arms and bring your arms up to 90 degrees, bending at the elbows? Well, you can do that with your phone. That same position, do that, bring it up with your phone. You might bring it a little closer to your face and don't drop your head. Use your natural eye gaze to look at the phone. Yes. And I knew this because I'd already watched <laughs> what you coached Gary V about. Yeah. And it's going to make us build some arm muscles, I think, Dr. Joella, because like it's much easier to drop your head and leave your phone at that level than to have our arms up for any extended period of time. Okay, but wait. Remember, your arms, you drop your arms right at the sides. You keep them in contact with your rib cage. Okay, I'm doing it right now. Okay. Now bend at the elbows. Your arms are in contact with your rib cage. You should not feel any pressure on your shoulders or your arms or anything doing that. Okay. I'm actually doing it here. You can't see me, but I'm doing it here. I believe you. So you're not bringing your phone right in front of your face. You're bringing your phone so that you can keep your head at the angle that you mentioned, but you can still look your eyes down to look at your phone. Correct. Okay. I got it. Yes. Good. Because... Most people, you think it's nothing when you put your phone down low. Guess what else you're doing? You're usually taking your arms away from your body. So you are using your shoulder. And a lot of times they're rounded forward and you're dropping your head. You're exactly right. I'm doing it. I know. My normal thing that I would have normally done. So the thing is your head stays straight. Your eyes can move. Your head doesn't move. Your head stays neutral to your point. Correct. I mean, if you just put your arms at your side and come up, you could be like that holding your arms for a long time. As soon as you take your arm away from your body, that's your shoulder. That's where you start getting into the muscles. Got it. Just feel it Mm -hmm. into the body, away from the body. That's where you get the strain. Okay, let's turn now to the working situation that a lot of our listeners have. So they might be standing at a table working on their products. So to the example of pouring candles, let's say, Mm -hmm. or decorating cupcakes, all different types of things like that, where they are now standing at a production table, if you will, and they're working on their products. So they're kind of bending over their products, or they might be sitting on a chair. I mean, different people do different things, of course. Now I'm having the problem that you had, which is like, there are so many applications and ways and positions and all of that. But do you have any advice for us on that? I love that you said you gave me two different situations. You gave me the pouring candles, Mm -hmm. which compared to decorating cupcakes, the weight load on those is totally different, I would think. I would think the pouring the candles is a heavier type of carrying. It's heavier than leaning over to decorate cupcakes. 
correct? I agree. What does that mean? Well, this is what it means. The surface for pouring the candles should be a little lower, like at elbow or a little, maybe a little lower, just a dash, but at least at elbow height. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I'd have to see, because I've never actually seen somebody pour. I don't know what their equipment is. What you're saying is if you have something heavy in your hands that you're going to be applying, you don't want to be lifting and moving forward. You want to be able to just move forward horizontally, I guess I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that thing you're carrying, you don't want to have to lift with your arms and then pour it. You want it to be right where you can just pour it. Right. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm so excited. I love that you get it. You have no idea how much joy it brings you with people (laughs) because I see people in pain. Right. Because I'm thinking to use this example, if you're lifting and then pouring, you're doing two strenuous things at once. You're lifting. So you've engaged your shoulders, I'm thinking, and then you're twisting and pouring and trying to balance so that you're getting the flow exactly where it needs to go. That's a whole lot of strain all over the place. I have to ask you one more thing because I have one more thing to say about that. And it it pertains to both. What kind of a table is it? Is it a table with an open bottom? Oh, my gosh. People use all different types of things. Some people are pouring candles at home on their kitchen tables. Like it runs the gamut. Okay. The reason I ask is because if it is best positioning for anything where you're standing and doing an activity, you should often change positions is a kind of lunge position where you have your feet staggered, okay, not a total lunge like an exercise lunge. You have your feet together and then you draw one foot forward. You just step one foot forward, just a dash. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's considered a staggered stance and they're hip distance apart. You have more stability there. Now you carry whatever it is to pour. Versus having your feet next to each other like a regular stand. And having your legs straight. When you go into that staggered stance, you usually have the knee a little bent, a Mm -hmm. little softer. So that's why I called it a lunge. So then you have control of your body. You have more power there. And it's better for you, I'm thinking. Everything I'm saying is better for you. Everything has a reason that has to do with keeping your well-being. Okay, so staggered feet versus feet next to each other, even if you had your knees bent. It's better to have your feet staggered. Yeah, if you have your knees bent, it's good. That's a good alternate position because everything is about being in different positions, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. If you pour and you always pour with the left leg forward, it'd be nice if you could pour with the right leg forward sometime. Okay. All right. And so then, so we've got the candles covered or anything heavy that you're applying. How about the other example with the cupcakes? With the cupcakes, when you're decorating, now that's going to be just below elbow height, the table. Just below elbow height. Okay. Or it can be right at elbow. I kind of said it the same for both. It's because the pouring, it doesn't sound like it's a big thing, but that person has to decide. You see, decorating is less stress. So it can be just right around elbow height. Like they're not just putting the frosting on necessarily, but they're decorating. Thinking about decorated cookies too, where they put the frosting on first and then they go back and they add lines and dots and all of that. Well, I'm thinking they could be standing or sitting And I'm thinking that the rules kind of apply similarly to what you would be doing at a desk. Yes. However, I'm going to tell you most people, if we have people working for us, let's say, we probably have stools and those stools like go under the table when we're not using them and then we pull them out. We have employees or ourselves either standing or sitting on backless, armless, you know, the round stools. And probably our feet aren't touching the ground. Our feet are on that little bar. Yeah, the ring. That's good. Okay. All of that is fine. It's a good alternative. You just don't want your legs dangling. Okay. So being on the bar is very good. There's actually a great chair called the back app, which has a bar, which is excellent for people with low back situations. Okay. And it's a stool. Again, the biggest thing is... You don't want to have the table, like if they're sitting and they have to like raise their arms up to do the decorating, do you see that's shoulders? So that's where they have to be conscious. Now, sometimes you have to do that. You can do your own self-care. Again, you have to check with your doctor. 
But self-care, you could do your own icing, heating, and light massage. If you're feeling the result of however you've been doing your work, you mean? Yes. Okay. If you know you're raising your shoulders up, you should do self-care because some people think it's just a little tightness. Tight muscle injures faster than a loose muscle. Tightness wears down the joint. I get rid of all my tightness. I do self-care every day. People go, oh, they see me with the ice. Oh, did you hurt yourself? No. (laughs) I'm being preventative. I'm keeping my body young. I'm keeping my joints young and healthy. So where are you icing? Well, you know, I'm a chiropractor too. I still do see patients. So usually I see my forearms. Okay. Your forearms are where your muscles are for your hands. You do have some muscles in the hand, but most of the muscles are in your forearms. You know, I didn't know that until this year. So people who are listening, a lot of people already know. On January 1st, 2020, I broke my wrist. Like really bad, like total separation. Mm. And so I had to do the surgery. I'm really good right now, but I'm just now getting to the point where I'm able to do some weightlifting and go back and spin again. You know, and you know, when you stand Mm -hmm. and your hands are on your bike, when I started doing weights and and like two pound weights, you guys, nothing big, my forearms hurt so much. And you never think about that. Like you always want the biceps and all of that. You never think of your forearms. But just recently, I've been able to start doing that. And I'm like, man, like, who knew? No idea at all. So that makes sense. And so what you're doing in terms of working with patients, I think a lot of our listeners who are making things in bulk and doing repetitive motions would have similar situations. So you're icing your forearms. And I guess anywhere where you're feeling tightness or strain, that self-care is going to prevent a further injury. Like we were talking about at the beginning, it's not that twist or turn or motion or accident that you have that was the problem. It's that you've set yourself up for that situation all the way along and self-care will prevent that or at least put you in a situation where it would be less dramatic, potentially, unless you fall on ice like I did. (laughs) So that's a whole different story. I was going to ask you, how did you do it? You fell on ice, yes. Yeah, I came into the office like a crazy person on the first day of the year Mm. last year. But you know what the funniest part about all of that, because I always look on the positive, is at that time I thought, all right, you know what, that's okay. Now I've gotten the worst thing that's going to happen this year off the table. Well, little did we know what 2020 really had in store for us, right? (laughs) So my kids say, mom, you broke the whole year. (laughs) <laughs> when you broke your wrist, you broke the whole year. <laughs> oh, wow. So interesting. But you made the best of it. And I totally agree with that. Got lemons, make lemonade. And you learned more about your body. Yeah, unfortunately, I also learned that I'm a big baby. Because <laughs> that surgery was not fun. And it was scary. And it was all kinds of not nice. But, but I'm all good. Totally good. So well, not totally good, but I'm good. No complaints. I'm a big baby, too. I don't know. I'm terrified of all that stuff. I haven't had to have it. I have had a broken leg. I've been hit by a car, but a few times. Ooh, that doesn't count. (laughs) Well, I do know about myself. I'm good in a panic scene. I'm good under pressure like that. But then when someone's there to help me, like after a little bit, when the situation kicks in, then I panic. But I don't panic at the time. You know, you just do what you have to do. I've learned that about myself over and over again. But that's not even for this podcast. I do want to, as I see our time winding down here, address stretching a little bit because I know that that was something you were emphasizing earlier and we haven't talked about it. That sounds good. I want you to know that I do ice my neck and shoulders too because they get used a lot. Okay, so forearms, neck and shoulders. Okay. Stretching, stretching, stretching. My passion is shoulder rolls. And I just told you, your nerves come out of the lower neck there. You have major vessels there. When you have tight muscles in that area of your neck and shoulders, you can compress a muscle that has to do with breathing to be able to breathe well. There's a lot of important stuff there. So I'm really into shoulder rolls and you drop your arms to the sides and you draw your shoulders straight up towards your ears and you take a breath in as you're doing that and it's exaggerated. And so then as you let the breath out, you go straight back as though you could really go straight. You can't, but go straight back, let the breath out and then go straight down. So up, up, up. Okay. Go through that one more time. So up, 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 breathe in deep, breathe in deep. As you let the breath out, go back, 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 like going towards the back wall, breath is out and then down, down, down. 
breath is out. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Oh, I love your sounds. Your sounds mean you're getting it. <laughs> I'm doing it over here. Good. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So that's shoulder rolls. Because neck and shoulders is usually the big one. I like to recommend, this is a little more complicated, but really if you have any kind of shoulder problem, you shouldn't do this. You should talk to somebody because it requires that you take a towel or you could use like a stick or a bar, but that's heavy. But that's why I recommend a towel. I call it, it's the towel stretch. And you take your arms over your head straight up. You're holding the ends of the towel. So your arms are going to be out a little bit. And if that's comfortable, what you're going to do is you take the slack out of the towel and you hold it with neutral wrists. So your wrists are straight. You're not angling. And then you take your breath in with the towel over your head, right over your head. So I recommend people do this in front of a mirror. And you take a breath in the nose. And then as you let the breath out, you start to draw the towel back towards the back wall. And wherever you feel like it's starting to get tight, that's where you rest. And that opens up your shoulders. Without arching your back, right? Without arching, yeah. I usually say, I'm sorry, I left it out. I usually say relaxed knees. You're standing when you're doing this with relaxed knees. The lower body is neutral. The only thing that's moving are your arms. You're not trying to move the upper body at all, just the arms. And your head is facing forward, not down. Correct. Yeah, your ear is in alignment with your shoulder. And then you do that like three times at a time. So you come back to neutral, towel over the head again, deep breath in, and then as the breath is out, you draw it back. And usually you can go a little bit further. So I would do that three times. And I do that maybe three to five times during the day. At different periods of time. And so this is your point about taking a break. Yes. And kind of re-stretching yourself. Correct. Get yourself up to go back and back to work or doing whatever you're going to do again. Correct. And the third one I'm going to tell you about, and I mentioned it before, is toe taps. People know how to do calf stretches. They stretch their calves, but the muscles in the front of the legs are really important, especially when you've been standing, especially when we're talking about decorating cupcakes and pouring soap and things. We're on our feet a lot and working at our desk. If you have a sit-stand desk and you're standing a lot, what you would do is you would kind of bend at the knees a little bit, but you're not going into a full squat at all. You're just going into a gentle bend. That will neutralize the upper body. And now you're going to bring the toes towards your shin. So they're called toe taps. So you alternate the feet, toe towards the shin, the other toe, left, right, left, right. So you're lifting your toes up without taking the rest of your foot off the floor. Correct. Heel stays on the floor, toes come up towards the shin. Now, you might feel a little limited in this or a little sore, even after you do them five and five, because that's usually what I tell people to start with. So you go, but you alternate. So it's a total of 10, right? I'm doing it. I feel ridiculous. But do you feel it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do, but I feel silly. <laughs> oh, I love doing toe taps. Why? Okay, I love that you said you feel silly, because now I'm going to tell you why it's so important. This is where your balance muscles are. Okay. Oh. So it's really the better your balance, the better your brain. You know, people say, How youthful are you? Can you stand on one leg and be balanced? A lot of people, that's the first thing that starts to go is the balance. And that is not good. That's why we fall, right? Right. I was going to say the same thing. That's how you get older people have a more tendency to fall. Yes. Because the balance. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm liking those toe taps more, silly or not. That's why I tell you why, because it's nothing mm -hmm. I say is for no reason and no good reason. There's a good reason for all of it, and it's your proprioceptive system. And you need that system to be just top notch. I am loving this so much, Dr. Joella. And now I know why you said in the beginning, like, there are so many things we can be talking about. And I know we jumped a little bit here and there, but I love your excitement about offering and sharing so much. And I think I threw us off course a couple of times with my crazy questions. No problem. But we got so many good points out here in the show. Yes. I'm so excited. And when we summarize everything, so gift biz listeners, jump over to the show notes because we'll make a list mm -hmm. in a little bit more organized way <laughs> than maybe we presented it here. So you'll hear everything here on the show and then you can go over and remember what we talked about specifically over in the show notes, which will be really helpful. 
But Dr. Joella, you also mentioned to us that there was a resource you'd like to point us to? Yes. And it's on my website, or I can also send you the link. And it's three things you can do right now to optimize your home office workspace. And I go over more specifically some of the things we covered today. And you get an opportunity to work with me further if you want. In a little more detail? Or... Yes, in a little more detail. Yes. And you get pictures. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> There's pictures. Pictures worth a thousand words, right? Are these pictures of you looking silly? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You might think I look silly, <laughs> which is fine. No, I'm saying I'm feeling silly. And so I need to go over and probably make sure I'm doing it right, too. I don't know. But no, I totally get this. I love, love, love everything we've talked about. And I think if everybody really just takes this to heart, and gosh, you know, even if you do just one or two things that we've talked about here, and then come back and once those become routine for you, you add on later. I see the benefit that you're talking about, Dr. Joella. I mean, your body's going to be overall healthier. So you're not going to set yourself up for injury. You're going to be more focused and productive with your business. And you're overall going to feel better in your everyday life. Makes 100% sense to me. (laughs) You summarized it. So Dr. Joella, as you look into the future, I know you're getting online now, which is a whole new thing for you. Yes. After all this time. But what do you see as the opportunity and potential for the future? Where are you taking this? I'm going to tell you one thing. I knew the whole time I've been practicing that I was going to be doing this right now. This was my plan. And I didn't know that it was going to be online wasn't what it is now. I don't know if I said that right. But I knew this is what I wanted to do. So where do I see myself? I see myself giving this message to millions of people. My dream is that everybody does shoulder rolls all over the world. I want to be known for shoulder rolls because I think it's so essential because it really covers that movement that we are doing things where we're really hurting ourselves by dropping our heads, hurting our brains, it's hurting our bodies. So that's what I see myself as a speaker. I see myself as an author. I see myself talking all over the world or being known. So maybe it'll be on Alexa. I don't know. But I see myself being an authority and maybe having a hand in designing new furniture because couches are too low. Countertops are not the right height for certain people. Maybe people will get into customization more and be so aware that they have to make things fit them. Like the workspace should fit them, not them to the workspace. That is my big dream is to share this information. I don't believe that me having the knowledge is anything if I can't impart it to people so they don't have pain. This is preventable pain that these situations are being created where they're causing pain and it's preventable by just simple changes. Right. Well, you have the knowledge and you've been sharing it to the extent that you can in the past with your one-on-one clients and you've worked with so many over the years. And now with what presents itself as a huge opportunity going online, now you'll be able to share it with millions. And we all need to know about it. I am so appreciative that you've come on the show so you could share it with our listeners here today too. I'm so grateful to be able to share it with your listeners. Truly, it gives me joy. It truly gives me joy. So thank you so much, Sue. Take care, Dr. Joella. Take good care. Bye, everybody. Now I understand why my watch keeps telling me to get up and walk around. And the whole thing about dropping my head when I'm on my phone honestly has me a little freaked out because I spend hours in that position. So I've already started changing my ways. I mean, I had the advantage of hearing this a few weeks before you did. And I have to tell you, implementing these new positions isn't really that hard at all. You just have to consciously make the change and soon it becomes natural. Do it not for me, but for a healthier you. Next week, we're going to dive back into Facebook, but in a different way. We'll be talking about your images. Things have changed with Facebook, and we'll talk about the latest and greatest regarding what you need to know. Thanks, as always, for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, it would be wonderful if you could leave a rating and review. 
That means the world to me. And what it does is it helps get the show seen by more makers. So it's a great way to pay it forward. And now be safe and well. Have a fabulous New Year's celebration. And I'll see you next year on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.